0: Welcome to Bloody Good Horror.
1: Everybody and welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name is Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing for Women in Horror Month American Psycho, directed, of course, by the legendary Mary Heron. I'll be your host for this evening. Joining me first, looking like just the most puddle of mud stand in he possibly could, please welcome John Schnars to the show. Hi, Hi. Eric. Hey buddy, how's it going?
2: John, how much back child support do you owe right now? I'm just
3: curious. <laughs> <laughs> oh Joe, all of my children are still in this house with me unfortunately. So.
1: <laughs> Next up uh, on the show, hello. her baby was here earlier. I don't know if the baby's going to hang out for the show or not, but please welcome Cece.
4: Um, hello, hopefully not, although you can probably see her in the background. She's in the wings in case she needs to hop on and talk about, <laughs> you know, Cats being fed to ATMs or something.
1: (laughs) Next up on the show with her first responder internet looking crystal clear. Please welcome Sophie back to the show.
5: Hey guys, good to be back.
1: Awesome. Next up on the show from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. And finally, looking like the brownie man from Chicago, Illinois, please welcome Joe to the
2: show. You say brownie man? The brownie man?
5: (laughs) no brawny like the paper
2: towels yeah yeah it sounded like you said brownie cc your <laughs> your audio is <was> hurting me <laughs>
1: uh, joe okay it's sophie first of all and that's not the second week in a row that you've done no that.
2: that's not the second week
1: uh maybe there was a week in between when it happened yeah. <laughs> is my audio bad? yes sophie you were loud that is what joe was trying to say
5: shit i don't know what to do about that this is my final. Your video so. is crystal clear, though.
1: yes. The Speak. Video is
5: great. Speak softer. <laughs> yes,
1: I think that's the solution.
5: I
4: think it's the <gasps> input.
2: <laughs> For the last episode of Women in Horror Month, let's spend the episode telling Cece to quiet down <laughs> or Sophie. <laughs> Joe. Yeah,
0: let's keep oh my getting
5: God, their names Joe. twice in one episode. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: holy oh, uh, shit joe tell got, me for the for love him, of, for
2: one per episode <laughs> for the love of god Cece,
5: the, the episode i was on without you joe called me cc also <laughs> I, I mean it does warm my heart that,
4: that joe i know, missed i've missed so i've much. missed
2: my uh my brother sister relationship
1: for the love of god joe please tell me what we are drinking tonight B-b-b- beer guts
2: <laughs> Oh, hey, Eric! Um, American Psycho, a uh, a fun little ditty, all the way back from from the year 2000 when things were better. Um, And uh, I don't the story. I'm sure everybody's seen this, but Patrick Bateman going through some things, having some crises. I believe is is the singular version John. I don't you can use that for the word of the day if you want. Um but a lot of back and forth. I'm not going to get into the full story cuz John will will do that at painful detail I'm sure. But <laughs> I picked a beer from the good folks in your neck of the woods, Eric. Uh, this is Treehouse Brewing Company in Charlton, Massachusetts. Not oh. Charlton, New York. Oh, I
1: drive by that on a weekly basis, Joe. Do you? It's, a, it's I, as I, exciting I... as Charlton, New York, I can assure
2: you. Oh. Uh, anyway, the, the beer is. I picked from them is uh, a delicious imperial IPA, and the beer is called Doppelganger. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, John. <laughs> uh, so this, as I mentioned, uh, imperial IPA. So it's up there. Comes in at an 8.2% alcohol. So it'll, uh, if you're looking something to cure what ails you in this this beautiful pandemic, this is going to do it for you. Um, so this is sort of a, a hopped up or, or, bigger version of their alter ego beer. Um, so I think that's more like their traditional IPA. This one is like a, a, big boy version of that. So obviously a ton of hops, very sort of bitter, um, a lot of citrus in there, not like super overpowering with the, uh, the alcohol, which I'm always a fan of when they can mask it. Um, very juicy they actually describe it as dank citrus oh. uh, in there which you know if you know you're looking for something dank mm. you, you can do a lot worse who isn't uh <laughs> um yeah so i i admittedly have not had a ton of their beers but what i have including this one i've been a big fan of so i, I definitely recommend it uh, treehousebrew, uh com is their website and uh, looking back, Eric, I may have actually had this one when you and I had gotten together at that bar one night. Interesting, because um, it looks like around that time. So
1: there are fun facts so, about Charlton, Mass. Joe, there's a DMV there and mm-hmm. a bunch of wheat stores because it's basically right over the border from New York. So if you're in like if you're in, if you're upstate, you can just hop over and get your get your dank nugs and uh, go home.
2: That is nice. I, they opened one like five minutes from my house, and it's uh, yeah, same. Things have happened. They got curbside, curbside pickup. Yes. It is an amazing time to be alive. It really
1: is. Quite the time. All right, thank you for that, Joe. Let's do it. Mm. Let's take a quick break and review American Psycho.
6: This is it, gentlemen. Your big break in TV. Ah! Of the front time.
1: And we're back. John Starrs. Eric. This is the last week in Women in Horror Month. It worked out pretty well. We did two new movies by some up-and-comers, and we did two uh, classics. This movie is 21 years old. You know what's crazy? I, in my head, thought this came out in, like, 1990, so it's blowing my mind. <laughs> Joe, oh, when uh. Joe said 2000 earlier, I went and Googled It turns out he's right, and that blew my mind, so...
3: Well, yeah, that, that is 20 years ago, too. I mean, it's... Well, no, I, mean, I don't know. Believe me, I'm fucking well aware, John.
1: Um, I'm afraid if you keep looking like this, you're not going to know words anymore. Mm. I'm, I mean, for it's real. A,
2: it, I was thinking about this before. Like, I was ready to make fun of John this entire episode about, like, the whole Manhattan thing. But, like, he lives in Maryland now. He looks like a deadbeat dad. Like, the whole, like, aura is... When do you have to mail back your uh, Duke diploma, John, John? in when the is summer...
1: That? question in the summer
3: are you going to start surfing uh we don't there's not really surf i mean i guess you could probably surf in parts of maryland but i don't live on the ocean i live on a river you
1: can I surf could surf on like, a river <laughs> i could like wake even board. better you could wakeboard which actually goes perfect with this
3: look you're cultivating <laughs> i mm-hmm. could definitely wake, i think we have wakeboard i know here, wakeboarding
1: actually. people john you would fit right in
3: yeah it's chill yeah. they seem like chill. <laughs> they're, they're probably chill people they so. <laughs> real
6: chill that's cool <laughs> that's cool that's <laughs> cool
1: uh, All right, John, literally no idea where this is going, so please bring us the word of the day.
3: Eric, today's word, kerning. Ooh, Ooh. I know that word. K-E-R-N-I-N-G, kerning. Uh, I'll give you the verb kern, but kerning is like the, the way it's um, used m- most uh, frequently, I would say. So kerning is the spacing between letters or characters in a piece of text. So uh, if you're if you're laying out a magazine or a newspaper, y- you will often adjust the kerning to try to make it fit on a line. Um, I guess like you know when when you were uh, writing papers back in college and you had to get
1: to <laughs> five pages, right. it was like
3: oh, I could
6: maybe, maybe triple space
1: get those yeah. margins nice and big, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Kerning it's is also, like
3: I would say that's like the uh the the next level because that's your it's last like ditch. literally the space in between the letters.
2: <laughs> and you can and
1: uh, like you can only get away with so much before it's real obvious. Yeah. yeah.
2: I just distinctly remember major, Oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say it's also a major uh, farming industry here in Indiana. Kerning.
3: Kerning. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I kerning. distinctly
2: remember kerning being the answer to a question in one of my uh tests in multimedia school John. <laughs>
3: there you go. Uh so kerning um it comes to us from the Latin cardo meaning hinge which then went to the french carn or i don't know i you know i never know how to pronounce that french but uh corner so mm. c-a-r-n-e means corner in french uh, and they think that's where kern came from fascinating huh. what does go. that have
1: to do with this movie john uh
3: so one of my favorite moments of this movie it's it's sort of like an ongoing there's like a couple uh scenes is the fetish fetish ization uh-huh. of uh, business cards. Mm. Uh, so there's there's a fetish. Fe- Jesus
2: oh Christ! God. I can't mm. say the word. They, Fetishization. They are fetishizing. Fetichini is the <laughs> word you're looking for? Joe. Yeah.
3: <laughs> hey, uh, they are. They fetishize both the card stock and like the color of the card, but then the typeface and the font that they they each use. Yeah. and and each card is sort of like more ridiculous than the last. I get, uh, I mean, it's, I, I, knew it's I knew one of my favorite scenes.
1: I knew the answer. I just. I wanted you to finish your homework. That's all. So oh,
3: oh, there you go. All right. I looked you- up a bunch of typography words and that was, I felt like kerning was like the the best.
2: Yeah. So. I feel like they even mentioned the kerning, don't they? Or maybe yeah, they did. It up.
3: Oh, did, okay.
2: Thank <laughs> you yeah. for that.
1: Yeah. John, tell me about American psycho.
3: Uh, um, American psycho, as you mentioned, directed by Mary Heron, um, 2000, uh, starring, to say Patrick Bateman, uh, with the, Christian Bale. Um, it's funny how young he looks. It's <laughs> like, I don't know, that was weird to me. Um, and same with like a bunch of other uh, actors and actresses we'll talk about, but um, so yeah, 2000. Um, I mean, this is a famous book, famous, I don't know, like as books go, I guess it's pretty famous. Brad Easton Ellis, I think the book was like 92, 93. Does anyone know the date on that? I don't have it in front of me, but mm-hmm. um. You know, and and it's uh, I would say the book I've not read it. I think a couple of you guys had mentioned you read it, but um, I know you know I know a little bit about Ellis, and like this is probably one of his biggest books. It's it's definitely sort of a canonical subversive.
1: Yeah, he also piece wrote uh, he wrote Less Than Zero, and he I don't know if it was a book or not, but that that was that thing in the two thousands. I was just talking about this book with someone uh, with James Vanderbeek. The hell was the name of that movie? That's uh, there Mark's is a no. There's a movie with James Vanderbeek where he, he is referenced as the younger brother to Patrick Bateman in the movie. I'm gonna look it up right. Uh, right uh, now. Was yeah. that uh, American Psycho two?
4: No. I, think he he made a I <laughs> thought he also wrote a book um, with J- and that James Franco was in the movie for.
1: Uh, well, he did. Didn't he write? It's Cosmopolis? called. It's called The Rules yeah. of Attraction. That was also a. Oh no! never no, Oh.
4: Well, oh. Oh! I didn't know he wrote that.
1: Yes, <laughs> based on the 1987 novel of the same name
3: in any event we'll get to the novel we'll get to, we can uh, maybe you all can talk a little bit uh, about ellis but um basic plot is uh, christian bale as patrick bateman he is a um wall street banker he, he works in mergers and acquisitions at i believe it's called pierce and pierce um mm-hmm. something it was something like that uh and he is uh he's like a clinical psychopath in that he, and and we kind of get this from him very early in the film that he effectively has like no emotions or has very like sort of limited range of emotions. Um, And, you know, and so a lot of the film is about his own unwinding, let's say, or, or gradual losing touch with reality, um, which we see as him becoming effectively a serial killer or, or, not even becoming because i think it's hinted at that he's like killed prior to the action of the film but increasingly like increasing scenes of violence and derangement and i don't know depravity i guess um mm. that culminate in i mean you know the, just like the craziest shit you can imagine i guess i don't know yeah. so but there's not much else other than you know two the Narratively, you know, there's other, there's a lot of moving pieces, but that's, that's the arc. Of the, of the yeah. Story.
1: And it wasn't like a huge box office thing, but has become a huge cult favorite. I mean, I've, I used to see it on a cable all the time, which is crazy that it was just a movie that played. Yeah. On
3: cable. I, I don't know how this is on cable. Like it's, I guess you could do a, like a PG 13 or maybe like an R rated cut of this. That's yeah. Airable at like 10 PM it's on a cable, lot. but yeah,
1: it's pretty Gruesome. All right, John, really quick, I, ha- I have to do this before we talk about this movie. Can you tell me what happened to the hair in the middle of your chin? Like, where did it go?
3: It, it's do you there. See, do you see? It's there. There's hair there. Is it clear? It's Uh-oh. clear. Uh, clear hair?
1: Look, yeah. It's like that episode of Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson's mustache gets rubbed
3: off. No, Where no. did it go? I wish it would get rubbed off. That's great. Okay. Uh, what?
2: Um, <laughs> oh just, no, no, just, no 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 <laughs> no. Let's let's not move on yet. Uh,
3: <laughs> if I never had to shave it again, I'd be I'd be happy with that. That'd yeah. Cool.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: cool. I assume you haven't for the quarantine, John. Right? Isn't that how it's gotten? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Cece, you said yeah, you had yes. not. You said you had not read the book, right? What'd you think of the movie?
4: Right. Um. So. In college, I loved this movie and <laughs> revisiting it. I still enjoyed it, but now I'm just like, I didn't, I, I don't know that I knew what was going on or maybe how it finished in college, but I definitely don't know how it finished now. Um, despite the um, dog smashing that I had totally forgotten about in the cat in the ATM, which, like, I feel like the cat in the ATM was a little less like, intense, but... The cat's fine, uh,
3: right? Like The cat doesn't actually get hurt.
4: Well, that's true, I guess, but yeah, Um, if you can get past that um, and just, you know, if you're feeling like you just want to feel how you do after you do a line of coke off of a bathroom stall, then yeah, it's still a good time. It's just (laughs) nutty as shit and um, I mean, (laughs) Christian Bale is really good in it and i really appreciate how unreliable of a narrator he is like Mm -hmm. it's a really well done film in that regard because i mean you i mean i don't know like it's nice to be be to something that like no one really knows what's going on And I think that there's enough action happening that you're just like, I guess it doesn't matter because most of the time with unreliable narrators, we get kind of bored or or the story is too slow. But I mean, this is a short film and it is bonkers the entire time. It's also
1: like kind of Ellis's MO to make books that have very interesting ideas, but have to be kind of radically altered in order to be filmed. You know what I mean? So like, I think from an adaptation standpoint, it's, she does a really good job here. Uh, yeah, and
4: I mean, I, I I was so I I forgot how gruesome it was, and or I mean, I remember it being gruesome. I just didn't <laughs> realize yeah. how gruesome I had forgotten it was because there's not a moment that you're like, there's just blood exploding everywhere.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh
2: Yeah, so I had read the book um, like shortly after the movie came out, so it's probably been about twenty years since I've actually read it, and like full disclosure, I, I don't remember a ton other than some, you know pretty nasty scenes that aren't in the movie that that stick out to me um but i don't know I, I think i enjoy this just as much as i did the first time like i've always loved bateman's performance in this or um Bale, uh his performance in this movie like it's just so over the top and ridiculous and you know it, it's it always gets a chuckle out of me which is you know awful to say but you know here we are um i I will say and it's funny because i've i've seen this movie you know maybe half a dozen times maybe even more and i always forget the ending and i always get confused by the ending and we were kind of talking about it over email like it's weird that the movie is so bananas that i've never even bothered to look up like what the ending is supposed to mean and never really cared (laughs)
6: like
2: the movie i think it's just it's almost like army of darkness in a way where it's just clips that end up getting like quoted by fans later on down the line right like it's extremely scene, memorable and quotable exactly, like, all the way through yeah and like each scene kind of has like its own like you could talk about each scene with like a, a group of friends you know uh, on its own um and it, it's very much like the type of movie that you would see on HBO in like the middle of the night and catch it halfway through and like end up watching or like have 20 minutes before you have to go out and this movie's on and you're going to watch it for 20 minutes. And it doesn't really matter if you stop watching it halfway through. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was interesting to go back and like really sit down and like pay attention to watch it versus just having it on in the background. Uh, and I, I still really enjoyed it. Sophie.
5: So, I don't know if anyone will remember me sharing this when I was on during the Near Dark episode, but I saw this movie in high school and it wrecked me. Um, I watched this movie initially because I was obsessed with Jared Leto and wanted to watch every movie that Jared Leto was oh, in. Dude, my so called life. Um, So I watched this movie knowing nothing about what it was going to be and like all my friends and I, all my like super straight edge high school friends hung out and watched this movie. I should say that I also made all my straight edge high school friends hang out and watch Requiem for a Dream for the same reason and both movies really (laughs) fucked us
2: up. (laughs) Did they never let you pick a movie again?
4: I was they're say like, they're like never no, Sophie, again. <laughs> hey, yeah, they were
2: Sophie. Like, can Sophie we just fucking watch Days and Confused <laughs> one Friday?
5: <laughs> you know what? Sometimes yeah.
1: drugs are actually just cool.
5: Yeah. So I have not rewatched this since then, and I I just rewatched it today for the first time. So I probably haven't seen it in fifteen years. Um. And I was telling my fiance that my dad, when I told him about watching the movie, was like. I think the satire is more clear in the book. You should read the book. But as Joe alluded to, the violence in the book is so much more Oof. horrible. The <laughs> yeah. book the book was also terrible. And I was, I think, a freshman in college when I read the book. And I would call the guy I was dating to like explain sequences to him because they were so fucked up. I didn't want them to only be in my brain. <laughs> but then he would like, get mad at me. Yeah, he'd get mad because he was like, hey, um, I'm not reading this book on purpose. So like, I don't want you to tell me the stuff that happens. (laughs) Um, So I was very interested to watch the movie again. I loved this movie upon a second viewing. So um, I think that all the performances are really stellar. I'm excited to talk about the ending because I have a lot of theories about the ending. Um, Yeah, all in all, I'm just kind of nostalgic for a simpler time when jared leto wasn't like a creepy fucking weirdo <laughs>
6: mm.
2: yeah i i don't think that time ever i, was so so mean, so yeah. I know i, I actually know. think i think
6: I, what you
1: like, mean I is you wish think think... to go back to time before you knew so.
6: yeah yeah
4: yeah, yeah. That's probably... like before you is... just were uh, before you were like oh he's just he's really good at channeling that and you're like no man he's
3: <laughs> a fucking creep he <laughs> is, is he that creep forever in real life now uh but, yeah
4: i mean he looks right, like i don't guys come on just I'm just I was asking. Just saying, uh, yeah. As okay, emphasis, right. Like, yes, right. he is a creep. <laughs> hey, I John,
6: You
2: <laughs> asked I know he had a John. bad day,
4: but don't take everything personal. <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah. You don't want an answer. Maybe uh, fire up the old Google, John. Huh? <laughs> is Jared Leto a creep?
5: <laughs> I remember getting in trouble. Fun fact. I got in trouble in high school when I used to work. And I used to like be a babysitter in the nursery at my church. And I had recently been to Warp Tour, and I saw 30 Seconds to Mars, Jared Leto's band. Mm-hmm. And I bought 30 Seconds to Mars underwear, and Jared Leto signed them. And I was telling my friend when I was in the nursery, and one of the moms got really upset. I was like, I wasn't wearing the underwear
1: when I them. <laughs> uh, Casey.
0: Yeah, so I've seen this movie like probably a dozen times, too, half a dozen times, uh, just like Joe and everybody was saying. And my views aren't really that much different. This is a movie I always liked, really enjoyed, love. Uh, now he, Joe's got me wanting to call him Bateman, too. Um, I think that's Bale. okay. Bale, yeah, Bale, got His performances in that, Batman. the uh, Huey Lewis scene was always like iconic for me and always stood out. It was just amazing. And I get. and watching it this time for this, it's still enjoyable and everything, and I did go back and read the book. One thing I noticed, other than the things that uh, everybody's pointed out with like it's way more gory in the book, the book gave me really bad anxiety throughout a lot of it, just reading it, Mm. and it would kind of, the anxiety would build as you kept going on as he got more and more neurotic and that was kind of impressive as the writing. And you do get a little bit of that in the movie. It translates over, I think, because I think I think uh, Christian Bale gives us a good sense of anxiety as everything's kind of spiraling out of control of him. And that's why I love it. John.
3: Yeah, I, I i mean, I'd seen this probably a handful of times. This, So this is one of these movies that came out when I was working at the video store. And so like I remember...
6: We had it on VHS.
3: Tapes. Well, no, we had it on VHS, and I remember it was actually one of the like really early DVDs, like because this was basically it was movies like around this time was like when DVDs like were really starting. So we had a ton of this on DVD, like a ton, I remember having a ton of copies. In any event, um, so I probably watched it back then when it first. I definitely didn't see it in the theater, but I definitely I saw it, like when it first hit video. Um, it. <sighs> It is. It's like a really weird. the The thing I was actually just looking up is like when this comes out in relation to Fight Club. I was surprised. Fight Club. It was actually ninety nine, so it was like a year before. But there's like a lot of similarities to 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 the films for me, and I think like they resonate in similar ways, and like they've also like attracted like. Mouth breat- breather type. I yeah. was oh, John, you look—you look like, like a dude who's way
1: to Fight Club right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, like,
3: like my people. Is what I'm saying, yeah. um,
2: your people but, at the recording um, store
5: the kind of people that laugh at the wrong parts.
3: Well, I mean, no, but, that, so, so John, then you're totally John, right. I'll that, go to
2: bat for Fight Club with you. Don't, no, don't worry about that.
3: They're both good movies, right? Like, they're both in like watched independent of the like um, context that's been built up around them. If you just take them as films. Like they're both really well done. And like, this is a really good movie. Um, I would say I was like nitpicking it a little more on this viewing. Um, and I still really enjoyed it. I think for me, the third act, it like kind of comes a little out of nowhere. Like it doesn't, it doesn't. I just felt like there, it makes a turn where he goes off a deep end. And I felt like there's pr- my guess again, like with a lot of these things, I, my suspicion is like, there's probably a little bit more that got cut. Like they had to make some decisions about, you know, which of the sequences they were going to leave in and which they weren't. And it felt like there was like a weird cut basically right before the ATM scene. That to me is like, yeah, there's almost like a tone shift in the movie at that point. Right. Right. at that. Because it's
1: kind of break from reality seems to be accelerating
3: yeah and and maybe that's it maybe that's like okay well, now we're like turns on
2: a dime like i agree john like i had sort of the yeah. same issue like it definitely falls off a cliff and you don't see the cliff coming right
3: i loved um so and so i uh lived at a, a building called 25 broad and they actually he works <coughs> oh, here in a we go in. well no but his building was like the building he works in and where a lot of the movie is shot is like literally around the corner it was on uh, no, I was not. I was gonna say Commerce Streets. I'm gonna forget now. But in any event, it was like he was walking around, and that was like my old neighborhood. I don't know. So that part was we I had never get noticed it, that before. John and I appreciated that. We get it.
6: Yeah, yeah.
2: This <laughs> I mean, is going to turn I'm into living like, in Maryland right now. Give Al me Al Bundy talking about his football days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. I I lived there until the pandemic. I mean, it
2: was not that long. ago I was a socialite. God damn it. I met your
1: doorman, John. I'm aware
2: see but <laughs> no, that was a different building but yeah i follow your doorman right on instagram just,
0: justifies my text last night john oh, did you ever drop casually ted bundy quotes when you're meeting people in New York? <laughs> um well, no. is
1: that all your thoughts john i i've seen this movie a ton of times like i i know that i've seen this movie a lot on cable i don't know why i f- i want to say it's tbs although that's always kind of my go-to like i saw it, i watched this on tbs um it's Listen, it's so memorable for a lot of reasons. It is... If you think about the time it came out, horror was really trying to re-find its identity again. And this is not a time that's thought of as having a lot of great horror films, but the thing is that the things that do stand out are really unique because it, were, it was people in studios just seeing what sticked and kind of trying to think outside of the box. And I think this is a really great example of that. I think that... I actually think that the... Um, satire I mean I don't know maybe it's something that benefits as you get older or like the time period you viewed in but the satire feels pretty strong to me it's just so ridiculous all of these conversations about like I like one of my favorite threads is the one guy like the obsession with having um, reservations at like the the right uh, restaurant sure. like it's yeah. not just any yeah, restaurant yeah. it's got to be the right one and there's that one guy at the end it comes like it's just increasingly he's agitated throughout the movie about reservations and then he has this brilliant line at the end where he's like I'm not even hungry. I just don't feel right that we don't have reservations somewhere. <laughs> i just feel a lot better if
2: we had a yeah. reservation. It's great.
1: And think like, like Bale just gives an all time performance in this movie. He is so, he's probably a nut job. Like, I mean, honestly, like if you're going to, if you're you this me, good you real in real life, like if you're this yeah. good at acting like this, there's, there's something going on. But I think you're kind of soft-selling it, John. I mean, he, he's full-on describing what it's like to be a psychopath. Like, he's talking about he has no human emotions, except, like, I think he says greed or Dis- something else, disgust. like anger. Disgust, he says yeah.
3: Disgust and something else.
1: Yeah. And, like, he talks about basically, like, putting on a mask or, like, putting on this, like, human suit, and he's trying to act human, right? It, it was interesting this time, like, to Joe's point, I've seen this so many times, to go back and really try to Um, take it in fresh and be like what am i reading here i've kind of decided i feel like everything in this movie after a certain point like after the scene like from the jared leto scene on i feel like it's all varying levels of him hallucinating leto joe leto sorry Uh, (laughs) but it's it kind of doesn't matter it was just an interesting thought experiment to look back and be like what do i think is really real here um, because he seems like a lot early on. It's like he's trying to t- he's trying to hold that line. Like he's got a wall up between who he really is and what people see of him. And it's just the movie is really just a slow breaking down of that wall. And like, um, whether or not you think it's in his head, it almost kind of doesn't matter. But it's interesting to kind of view it that way now, looking back at it. Um, I also think that the supporting cast. He's really great. I love Chloe, Chloe 70 as his, um, uh, secretary. And what that character does is it really kind of highlights, um, just his complete dis, like, it's hard to, he's so dehumanizing to everyone around him when the mat and specifically her, like the way that he speaks to her, he speaks to her like she's a dog or something. um, and I it's think just that's
3: actually just how a lot of people treat their secretaries. Mm-hmm.
1: Why? Well, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, like, mm, but that doesn't.
4: I uh, definitely it, had it, someone tell me that I needed to wear it, heels or that you know I should wear a dress. Well, because yes, it was and
1: that behavior is also before. treating someone wow. like a dog.
2: Is my You were opinion, new right? to the show, and John was asserting his <laughs> power. <he's laughs>
4: but
1: I think that those like her, his interactions <laughs> with her in particular are really telling. I think part of the satire, but also really telling it just about his character and the. Um, just the extreme lack of regard for any kind of humans around him, basically. Well, so because he I- because he regards her, because the difference between the way he interacts with everyone else and her, even the other women, is that he regards her to be of a different class as him. Like oh, yeah. he does not treat like he's not nice or any way good to the other women, but he treat he treats them differently than he treats her.
5: Yeah. I feel like he treats the sex workers pretty much the same way he treats her, which is like oh well, yes. set dressing well, in no, his no. life.
1: I understand that, and but he's allowed like, to
5: like boss them around because.
1: But even that's a yeah. really good example. It's like there's a hierarchy, yeah. and depending on the social status that you have, that is how he is going to treat you. Is kind yeah, of the way. The girls
0: out. that do have like a social status, like yes. his... he doesn't treat
1: Reese to. Witherspoon like that. He treat he, he doesn't treat her well, but he's yeah. sort of like he has to put on this face with her and pretend. Where it's like if you go down the rungs of society. In his mind, all the way down to the sex worker, that that's where he has no mask with them because he Whoa, doesn't well, the, even think of them as human.
5: Sleeping with, like he's terrible to her. Yes, the one that's but he dating did, the dude. From yes, but he's not physically
1: Valley. abusing her the way he's abusing the sex workers.
5: Yeah, but I think he talks to her the same way he talks to Chloe Sevigny, where he's yeah, kind but, of like, take a Xanax and put a fancy dress on, and I'll pick you up. Well,
0: I got the impression too that he thought she was. Like that girl was to him was lower than some of the other Inverse girls that were in that class because she was doped out yeah. or draw on yeah. Valium a lot and stuff. So
2: she was even further beneath him
0: see I, I, I thought like he treated all... her
2: better than his fiance like I mean we're splitting hairs here but yeah well that's what I was gonna say
4: I think I actually... that the point we should make here is that the way he treats women is a foil for how he feels he needs to put masks on that's exactly to what the I'm rest to of say. society yeah. because the way he's acting interacting with his male counterparts, it, even with like even Jared Leto who you know whether or not he killed him or didn't kill him, he's still, interacting with him as a like as a like a equal to an extent you know like yes. he's kind of jealous kind of you totally. know whatever whereas and, these varying degrees of women is just varying degrees of masks he and has to me
1: wear. it and to me like that what that is is part of the satire and it's part of a reflection of societal feelings because like he even says he has no personality like what he is doing is wearing other people like parts of society and other people's personality like mm-hmm. it's just yeah. a very it's a very she, layered performance and a very layered script that it with also just like I think John was saying like one of the most batshit crazy vibes you've ever seen in a movie. And that's what I think makes it so I fun.
4: I didn't realize how much I enjoyed the like splits of his person well, his lack of personality. Like when he's interacting with people and he does drop the mask and he's like like when he's at the bar and he like says the super jacked up stuff to the um, bartender while she, you know, cause she tells him that it's a cash bar now and that he can't use tickets. And so when she's making the drink, like he's talking in the mirror about how he's going to like skin her alive and stuff. And I was just like, I missed how, um, how cutting that was yeah. when I, the first, well, and there's also like it.
1: when he, he's, he does the same thing with the, um, uh, dry cleaner lady. Although yeah. I think like yeah. watching it this time, I think that's all in his head. Cause there's a really, oh, there's yeah. a really awkward smash cut when he does that stuff where it's almost mm-hmm. like him snapping back to like what's actually happening. And it's like, it's, it's cut in, it's edited in a very interesting, like sixth sense ish kind of way where you're not really seeing a lot of reactions to this, to some of this right. stuff that's happening in groups.
6: No,
3: I think that hundred percent support, like, and I, cause I wasn't viewing it, thinking it, going into it, Eric, the same way you were like trying to evaluate is this, but But, you know, when you do evaluate those scenes, I do think it's shot such that, well, certainly when, like, he's not actually talking to, like, the bartender, right? Because she doesn't respond. Like, even when she turns back around... She's like, here's your drinks, and like he yeah. hands her money, and it's like, um, but that's quit. also
2: played off as like the music is so ridiculously loud. Like he legitimately could have said that he have. to her he without her hearing. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
5: but the way it's shot, like he's staring, he's making direct eye contact with himself while yeah. he yeah. says it. Yeah, which like yeah. is what for me is like it feels like he's just saying it in his head. What I, oh, but it's the, the play on. I'm sorry, the
4: the interaction with his character in mirrors throughout this whole movie is mm, yes. is really interesting in terms of like him wearing a mask and like when he sees himself versus how he thinks everyone else sees him. My them. favorite
1: is the cab where we see him in a shot through the back and like he's behind frosted glass. So it's like you can't see his face and it's like he's not, he's mm-hmm. like a ghost basically in that scene. It's really cool. You mean That's he cool. could be
5: like any white dude? <laughs>
4: Well, but I think your favorite, their favorite scene wasn't where he's wearing a head headphones and his fiance is trying to talk to him. And (laughs) oh
2: my god, (laughs) I just think like like, again, like it's so awful. This this
1: movie visually is is really fascinating, and I think there's just like lots of really cool little breadcrumbs about what the author's trying to tell you about this character. And I think that scene in particular is one of them. Because another thread I picked up on that I've never really thought about. Is the fact that no one knows who this motherfucker is that he works with. like right. everybody, yeah, yeah. everybody like calls him by a different name. And I started halfway through the movie feeling like is is Patrick Bateman like an alter ego for someone else? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's the not sy- even the real psychopath inside of someone else, and that's why nobody actually knows who he is. I don't know. It's just yeah. uh, that and like that scene where you can't see his face. It just made me feel like it's all part of the metaphor. That, like, he is yeah. nothing. He is nothing. He's just reflecting back other people to try to act like a human, basically.
4: Well, and I think, and I think that's a, a really great point to make because when, you know, that's kind of solidified that after he, quote, unquote, kills Jared Leto's character, um, Paul Allen, he starts going by. He keeps telling the like he tells the prostitutes to call him Paul Allen. He tells the girl who he's like sleeping with to come over and she's at Paul Allen's house. So like it's really interesting that even his own lawyer doesn't see like he calls him Harris and then calls Patrick Bateman a dork and you're just like, Like, (laughs) like and that scene too, like that's what's so funny. Or I thought was one of the funniest parts because this whole time you have a character who is like trying so hard to be everybody else, and Mm -hmm. the most damning comment about him is like that dude's such a dork. Like that's not even—it's not even derogatory. It's just like you're so lame, I don't even recognize you, or like you know, think of you in my sphere. So um, thinking of Patrick Bateman as like an alter ego character is really well, and I think it really good way to look at it. There's
1: part of Bale's performance too, that almost like actually the dork thing kind of makes sense. Cause it's like, he feels like he is trying more than everyone else. Oh, like he yeah. is sort yeah. of act play acting or something. And I think that, I he- mean,
5: just listening to him explain music to people. It's so, perform- it's so
1: performance
4: I've ever heard.
2: Yes, <laughs> those are my favorite like monologues.
4: Is it like in
5: listening to an episode
4: of Tunde. But Toonding. it's like you know, I
2: literally when you <laughs> sent me that, like I knew exactly what you were But it's talking like about he's because he,
1: like, I think they show him at one point, don't they? Show him reading something from the restaurant guide and then he regurgitates it later. Like it's it's it's, hey, it's, it's like he read something in Rolling Stone and he just yeah. like memorized. Well,
5: people the thing and that I love, Cece, I don't want you to say this to Kyle because I love Kyle, but I did write in my notes while watching this movie what is scarier being murdered or having a rich white dude explain music to you <laughs> well the best part
2: of it is not rich so he's talking about <laughs> so it and like like i do i i love the music that he's talking about but like it's so fucking like commercial and like overdone and he's talking about it like fucking studio cool. is a, a genius like masterpiece like, no yes. well and
3: the best part is he he's literally he's talking about phil collins he's like you know, a lot of people celebrate the earlier work, but for me, it was a little too new age. Or whatever. you know, yeah. it's like he—he he honestly celebrates it for its commercial and exactly, like the fact yeah. that it's yeah. been it's like so great, it's so well
2: done. With, yeah, Although I do remember the book; I think it was Duran Duran. He talks about to like great extent, and I think I remember reading that like they couldn't get the rights to Duran Duran's music for this movie, and that's why they had to switch to Huey Lewis. Because um, like you read Lewis the
6: IMDb, like they
2: say like most of the budget was spent on trying to get the uh, the music rights for these songs in here. Interesting. And Huey Lewis
5: didn't let them put his music on the soundtrack. Like, when they released the soundtrack mm-hmm. on CD, he was like, you cannot use my music. This movie is too dark. I
2: don't know. Honestly, I could watch an entire movie of this guy just talking about music, like, without any of the murder or, <laughs> yeah. like, fucking...
4: But like. in the raincoat and then just doing... his little, like, jig. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the That's jig
2: is shovel. amazing. Like, honestly, you could still <laughs> call it American Psycho because he's talking yeah. about fucking Phil Collins. Like, he's well, a G- you know, there is a, I, I appreciate Phil Collins for what he is, but like, like the way der, he talks about him is amazing.
1: Directing wise, going in, I think like going into it this time, I think my favorite thing about it is that it's okay. like there is a visual metaphor created throughout the film for this era, basically being like um clean, right? Like clean and very but also very uh like bereft of soul, right? Like if yeah, you look at Bale's apartment, right. it's white but- there's yeah. no clutter. Like, everything is smooth. It's got the 80s, like, I, listen, I don't know anything about interior design, but that's a vibe from the 80s, right? Like, everything, uh, yeah. it's, like, super modernist. Like, everything is clean and, like, shiny and, like, but what that what that is, to me, is, like, a metaphor for, like, he is trying to keep everything together, and then it's contrasted with shots, like, after he axes Jared Leto, and his blood is sprayed in his face, and his hair is, fucked up right or like yeah he's naked covered in blood chasing that woman with a chainsaw but it's like those what makes those images so stark is how cleanly visual the rest of the movie is and whenever and his apartment right it's it's like even the opening credits it's white with like drops of blood falling and it's just like i love that as a metaphor for him trying to have everything be neat and organized and then just completely coming apart
0: well it's also a metaphor
2: for him being essentially blank personality yes,
1: wise too right absolutely yeah like his apartment is a is a total <clears throat> blank slate
2: oh, yeah i would love to live in an apartment like it just looks relaxing right like you imagine waking up and what? it's just like it's like having kids like just walking into a living room and there's like fucking nothing like <laughs> i mean I guess he like he's like an
5: industrial not- refrigerator his apartment made me stressed out yeah oh my god yeah. you know
2: what Jones. stressed me out yeah. you know
0: what stressed me out about his apartment is the fact that he listened to his porn at full volume <laughs> <laughs> with it
1: on the phone
0: again
2: <laughs> on the phone the making a fucking dream like <laughs> so I think I I could blare porn in this room right now and have no repercussions I would be doing it
1: 24-7 the, you're a psycho the most disturbing part in this movie to me it's a it's a it's this small little scene <laughs> where he is working out and watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and he's like doing crunches and he's making this awful grunting noise and he's covered in sweat. And it's the scene in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where she's just screaming bloody murder.
3: Well, it's the very end. It's like she... Yeah. Yeah. The
1: sound he is, oh is very Oh my God. It's porny. horrendous.
5: I what is that sound? I thought he was watching porn. Like him exercising sounds like a lady in porn. Ooh,
1: ooh, it's yeah. like it's like he's... Yeah, it's awful. That sound.
3: I don't know. I he was yeah. calling to get a reservation when the other porn was on and it was, that was giving me anxiety because it's like, it's so loud. He's like calling someone on the phone. Totally. Yeah. Was, I wonder Dorsey
0: guys. is not giving you a
4: table. Do right? we want to get into the I conversation? about Joe doing like spreadsheets listening to porn. <laughs> oh like, my God.
2: Like, <laughs> Uh, no shame CD like
4: Rouse.
2: his home life without like mine is the murder and everything like when he's home alone he's living my dream life this like, is like the least this, is, this is
1: the least surprising well this is the least the surprising thing, thing i've ever heard honestly
2: like if i just had an apartment with no clutter a treadmill i would have porn on 24 7 like <laughs> Jesus
1: do we want to rehash do we want to rehash <laughs> the conversation from the
6: mirror yeah do
1: we want to rehash the conversation from email about him watching <laughs> himself in the mirror i mean
4: <laughs> i mean we can't i i just said that i had a boyfriend who did that constantly and it was as fun as those. are those you sure he was words. watching was himself though? fun at all hundred percent was he was Crazy. only he was watching j- himself
2: because that's fucking weird yes, is he like flexing we
4: making the patrick bateman faces
2: stop it
4: see <laughs> but like was he <laughs> like hold I on we gotta not. find out like, are you I, wait are you
5: all doubting CC's experience that, no, like, listen, i am also just, had what I'm second men is, that were like, no, I'm the best part of this. No, I'm like, trying cool, to get more, I'm trying. listen, here. I'm trying to get if, more... If I'm interrupting, I can
3: leave.
1: I'm trying to get more <laughs> details
3: as to what she's describing here. I, exactly, I want to understand the mechanics, because yes. I don't, like, even just being like, hey, can we get a mirror? No, like, I just, I can't imagine... No, it, no, I'm, I'm listening, I'm okay I'd with a mirror,
1: but I'm not looking at myself. ...that
4: had a mirror on the outside of the wardrobe, and... It would happen, and I, like, at first I thought it was an accident, and then it kept happening that we kept being positioned right in front of it, and not for, like, the ambiance of the whole thing. It was specifically to make eye contact with himself. Yeah,
2: see, that's ah, fucked that's up. Bad. You, you dated <laughs> yeah. an American psycho. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I understand,
4: you,
0: I understand speaking a... but I understand sneaking a peek, like, "Hey, check that out," but yeah, you don't want to sit there and check, keep, you know, keep going. Like, keep did watching. he say
2: things in like the way of like, "Oh, you're so good," in like the phrases where like, "I don't know if he's talking about himself or not."
5: Like,
2: <laughs> 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 oh can my god, a, you're so we get great gift? at this.
5: A <laughs> Casey saying, "I mean, I understand being like sneaking a peek."
0: <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, you know, uh, you find yourself oh. there, you can look, just to see how you're performing. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: don't know. It was I, not a peak. It was a, it was like full blown, like just. I need to be here? Yeah, like I don't, I don't need this.
6: That's <laughs> this
2: weird. Is
4: that's, anyone that's not even is
2: like a small amount ashamed of themselves, like has like serious fucking issues.
1: <laughs> okay, Joe. All right, Joe. You want to get into that conversation, Joe?
2: <laughs> I was right, Joe, are we like five that, like,
1: seconds away from getting into your childhood?
2: Patrick Bateman in this
3: movie looked fantastic. He sure did. I mean, I I I think I I said it
2: over email, like, if I look like that, I probably would look at myself, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
4: Well, I will say that I'm not dating Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman, so I I don't know that, you know. Question CC, during this, did he
1: kiss his biceps while this was happening?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There were several times that I was like, I just can't. I can't do
2: this. Should, should I leave? To-
5: I, need, I need you all to know that um, I was reading in the trivia that when they shot this movie, uh, in the sequence where Christian Bale chases the sex worker with a chainsaw, the entire process of shooting that sequence, he was like perfectly content to hang out wearing just a sock over his dick. Like, of course, because he's a nutjob. Like, everybody hang out for like take thirty. We need to like do some shit, and he'd be like, I'm good. I don't need a robe. I'm just gonna Again, hang out.
2: like. <laughs> you saw him, right? Like I would. Totally no, I'm like not mad too. at
5: it. No, yeah.
2: That's like a red hot chili I peppers know. move.
5: Recently, no, have a maybe... controversial opinion, like not all women are into butts, which is weird to me. It's a nice male's butt. butt. It's a nice butt. Is a goddamn nice trap. Yeah.
6: Yeah.
4: yeah. Damn like totally like look if you're gonna use the mirror for mutual benefits then okay whatever but like it when it's when it's mean, very listen, like that's
1: not a regular yeah, both
5: parties got to be about it that's right? not
1: that's not a regular man but that's the kind of butt that people would have made statues about like 400 years ago you know like <laughs> it looks
2: very like michelangelo yes like, that's what i'm saying really, yeah.
5: it's really up there like yeah. it feels like he's got some kind of like lift system going on yes
0: yeah, it's but think also though too. You think about Christian Bale and his body in that movie. Think of what he's done to his body since I that. I am.
1: Movie. Yeah, oh, he's oh, very method. I mean, he's very method. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yes. Yeah, but he I was mean, doing crunches he- for basically the entire length of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. right. Yeah. I, true, I, guess. I like how he goes.
1: he's uh, he, uh, I like the
4: butt look like that.
1: <laughs> I like the dead-eyed way that he goes. I'm up to a thousand now. <laughs>
4: like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's
1: just like, it's it's. It's really a, and it's an amazing movie. I think it's it's, but it's also very difficult. Like John, you brought up the point over email that it's it's intentional that they put you and and because because Ellis does this in his books because I've read some of Lesson Zero. Like he he puts you in people's positions that like, you don't really want to be in. Like it's uncomfortable to be in. It's kind of the yeah. point. It's what makes yeah. this, I think such a, in some ways the first time you see it, like harrowing movie. Cause you're like, Oh my God, like there is no respite because even the characters around him, like there's nobody in this movie. Really. You want to spend time with, except maybe Willem Dafoe and his confusingly large penis.
3: No, mm. well the, <laughs> there's uh the, the point I made a email and I think Joe, you, you pushed back a little bit, but it's like, I said there was no characters in the movie and like, Maybe that's not exactly the right way to frame it, but I think Eric, what you're hitting on is sort of the same thing that I was trying to say. It's very alienating. Like I actually do. Like other than Patrick Bateman, there's not a character in this movie that there's has no an arc, right? Right.
6: Like,
3: like Chloe Sevigny, I guess. Like she kind of gets an arc. I but mean, not may- really. honestly, though, maybe it's the point, though. That like how
1: well, alienating no, no. this kind of society is.
3: I I think it's a hundred percent the point. No, and but but the point you were making is like. that I 100% agree with is that like it is it makes it a difficult movie it makes it like alienating now the fact that it's so graphic and and gory and like salacious you know it's titillating like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways you could describe it but like I think that's the genius that Heron brings to this is like it's both alienating but then she gives you like this sex scene that's like 10 minutes long with him in the mirror and like it's like this threesome thing it's like it's it's borderline a porn film, right? Like there, I mean, I think they're like borrowing from some of the same things you're even seeing in that scene that he's watching earlier. Um, I don't know. It's, there's a lot going on here, you know? And, mm. and I think it, it, that is kind of the common that she's trying to make with the movie.
2: Well, I think it's yeah. kind of what we talked about at the top or, or at least I did. Like this movie lends itself so well for like just a random, like HBO stumble upon like halfway through. Right. Which is why, yeah. I think we all kind of talked about how the ending maybe falls apart a little bit or, you know, John, you definitely talked about like where (laughs) that last scene specifically when you get to like the ATM, like all of a sudden, like it it falls apart a little bit. But like who gives a shit, right? Because like the movie is really just blocks of like weirdness. It's like grandma's boy, (laughs) right? Like (laughs) there's not really a story here other than like shit happening, you know?
1: The story is well, his I descent think, into madness basically.
4: Yeah. And I mean, the upon the second or I guess most recent viewing and like kind of stepping away from it, like, yes, it's batshit, but, and does fall apart. But I do think like what we're kind of saying is it, there's all these, there's these tiny like vignettes and that's really all we're getting. Like yep. we're, we just get these, like, like this is a moment where he's trying this. This is a moment where he thinks he's doing this. And like, it's never you don't get a whole person you don't get a whole character you don't get a whole plot because you know he's the the plot essentially mirrors how he is as a as a being which is incomplete and kind of vapid
5: and just bonkers
2: (laughs) yeah yeah so sophie what's your fucked up scene from the book that did not make it into the movie
5: So my fucked up scene from the book, and I, like, I can't express enough, I was saying this to my fiance, like, I have a very bad memory of books and TV and movies, like, once it's been a year or two, if I haven't seen it more than once, it's probably going to be largely gone. I vividly remember reading American Psycho at the gym in college, I think I was on the elliptical or the treadmill, like, something too active to be reading this, like, horrible book. <laughs> um and reading the scene where Patrick Bateman goes to the zoo and he's in the polar bear exhibit and he sees a kid with his mom like a 4-year-old child mm-hmm. yeah. and he lures him over with a candy bar and then stabs him to death hides his dying body behind a trash can and then watches people re- like watches with glee as people find this like toddler that's bleeding out and I just like got off the treadmill, left the gym, called my boyfriend, and he was like, Yeah, I chose to not read this book. So I would prefer you don't put this shit in my head. But like that that scene in that that scene in the book is like so vivid for me and will never go away. I probably don't remember anything else besides that scene. But that's
3: that's yeah. super duper dark. Like I yeah. there's a reason oh, that wasn't
2: in the movie. John, <laughs> oh, it's the awful. one that sticks out to me is he builds in the book, and there's no way they could ever put this in the movie. He builds like pretty much remember the movie witches, uh, yeah, where yeah, they yeah. build like the little hamster tubes for the hamster all around. <laughs> yes. He builds that, but for a rat and the tube eventually leads into a sex worker. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, the one God, I was going to talk about. That's the one that is always stuck with me. Like 20 years. Wow. Like I can't shake that. <laughs>
3: yeah. Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not well, great. It's funny. Like, so CC mentioned the, the dog sequence, um, it's the most graphic thing in this movie. And like, I had forgotten about it completely.
2: It's rough. Know. Yeah.
3: But it's one of those things. But to me, that, that scene is like the one thing they put in the movie that it gets the same. You have like that visceral re- It's like a true visceral reaction. It sounds like the yeah. book does that a bunch of times. Yeah. Like
6: it's, yeah. the movie
3: I kind mean, of even, only does it once.
6: Well, even
2: that scene, would, like is always stuck out for me in the book too, because like, even outside of the dog, right? Like he murders this homeless guy that like
6: yeah.
2: you could say, and not that I agree with this, but like everybody that he interacts with and like murders, like maybe there's a little bit of justification. Right. But like, obviously not, but like <laughs> the homeless guy, well, what I'm saying you is saying the homeless
5: sex workers deserve to be murdered.
2: What I'm saying yeah. is in his head, he probably has some yes. sort of justification. He, there, he right? has
4: some, I, I see what you're right. saying.
2: <laughs> He literally just walks by this homeless guy and murders him, right? Like, it's so, like, there's no, there's no, like, build-up, there's no nothing, right? Like, he just kind of leans over and stabs this guy, and, like, that whole scene, and then, like, stomps the dog, and it's like, that is, like, the most probably troubling scene in the entire movie. So I am
5: actually, like, I'm not at all saying that that scene is not horrific, because it is. I would say that the scene in this movie that I find the most troubling, well, I should say it's two, is like first when the two sex workers leave his apartment and they're both like covered in bruises and cut up and he's just like handing them money while they try to leave. But like the scene that I remembered most from this movie when I watched it in high school that like still was absolutely traumatizing to me as an adult is when he has his friend uh, Elizabeth, who's actually played by Guinevere Turner who wrote the movie wrote the screenplay um, and he has the same sex worker from before and he's under the sheets and all of a sudden all this blood comes oh, out and blood. he comes out with his face covered in I, blood and she's screaming.
6: What?
5: I mean, that, that is
2: a whole second scene. The the thing, like the hardest part for me in that one is when he is convincing the sex worker to come back in the car, right? Because. Right.
5: You've seen
2: the fallout from the first one and you know, it's awful. And you know, like she she said,
5: she said she had to go to the emergency room. She said she's going to have to get surgery,
2: surgery, but still he like lures her in and you're like, Oh fuck. Like it is heartbreaking. Like it's, it's rough to watch.
3: Uh, I will say back to the homeless uh, scene, this movie is super white, which I like didn't really realize. Like, and it's, that scene like kind of threw it into like a little bit of relief like it's the only black character i mean he's not i mean it's like characters like generous it's the only black actor in the movie i think like i don't know that was a little weird to me like it i hadn't registered
2: like but now well well, john you said you lived in that neighborhood right like let's
5: (laughs) (laughs) i mean no i will say that um (laughs) patrick bateman is a lot more explicitly racist in the book. Like, I think that well, held up a lot more, and they just kind of left it and out. I mean,
4: in there, the movie. there were a couple of – like, I didn't catch it the first time around, but, like, there's a couple of things that he says, like, in the movie that are – I mean, not, like, completely, like – I mean, it's not like he says the N-word, but, like, he says a few things that you're, like – I didn't remember him being like I didn't remember it being explicit that he was racist but like they say I mean it's very obvious that they're trying to allude to that in the movie and mm-hmm. you know because I think he says something about like some music and he's like why well, don't listen to that because it's too black and you're like Huey, well, I'm Huey sorry. Lewis
6: singing <laughs> that yeah,
4: oh, yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah. Right. I mean it's
2: not the least bit surprising right for the character oh, of I'm of like course. yeah, yeah. So what else guys?
5: I actually had a thought, which like, I don't know, this is sort of a tangential, but towards the end of the movie, like all the guys are talking about um, girls with good personalities and what constitutes a girl with a good personality.
1: I don't know how many of
5: you read gone girl, but like that Mm. segment is basically the cool girl speech from gone girl. And (laughs) I just like the idea that like, there is this embedded, culturally that like to be a cool girl you have to just like be down for whatever the guys want to do and you have to like be willing to do anything they want sexually but not be open about it and Mm -hmm. the whole time I was like I wonder if Jillian Flynn was like influenced by this (laughs) because it's basically the same thing.
2: Sophie are we friends on Goodreads? Like I feel like we have a lot of
6: overlap here.
5: (laughs) So (laughs) I recently got rid of Goodreads because Google and Amazon are terrible countries and I moved over to Storygraph which is a startup that's black owned that like you can export your goodreads data huh. oh awesome. i didn't know that so if you I want will. to move yeah. if you feel like moving to StoryGraph, we can be friends over there StoryGraph,
2: i will absolutely I jump it. on that yeah. i recently started ordering from a black owned sex shop on uh online so Hell
5: i'm yeah. very woke myself i feel link. great about that and i have questions excuse me about-
2: overking uh, overking is me the,
5: the uh, yeah the black owned,
6: awesome yeah
3: yeah. yeah, do they have, Joe,
1: do they have mirrors? Joe, I'm going no, <laughs> to f- need you to forward <laughs> me a receipt if you could so I can check it out. I'm just curious.
6: A receipt? Like no, a, I'm not sending you like the a Like a shopping I don't
1: list?
4: I your receipt. Right. I just want the website.
2: <laughs> Overkink. I'm going to tell you, they're great. Like, it's they're wonderful. They. It's weird because, like, literally, you have to pay through, like, PayPal and, like, the shipping, you can tell, like, somebody hand packed it and everything. But, like, Their prices are great, and their stuff is top-notch. You know, some
5: people pay extra to have it hand-packed, Joe. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like Patrick (laughs) Bateman.
6: Okay.
1: Now
3: I'm trying. Maybe we get a sponsorship. Maybe I was say the the next episode, uh, people
2: want to get in well, touch with us. Well, I mean,
4: Adam grocery. and Eve sponsors so much. I'm down yeah. to have somebody else uh, sponsor some stuff. I just
2: feel like their stuff is so overpriced and yeah. like their whole like it's just bullshit. I'm telling you, Overkink it's the way to go. Like outside of feeling good about like supporting us, you know what I assume is a small business. Like they just they got good stuff.
6: Cool. That's but pretty Over, stellar. I'll Overking, be googling them.
2: Does Overkink give me
0: like four free DVDs if I use code Boner?
4: Those are probably like ass DVDs that are not good at all. Casey, okay, so you
5: know you can get porn for free on the internet now. Yeah,
4: <laughs> it's better if it tells me it's free.
1: All right, guys, I think that's uh, means the review is over. Would you recommend this Schnars? Yeah, CC. Yes, Joe. Yeah, absolutely, Sophie
5: uh i'm gonna yes but i'm gonna take the moment to drop the bomb that like i don't think the ending of this movie means that it was all imagined i think it's likely that he killed most if not all of these people
1: i think it's up for interpretation for it's left left very ambiguous which is what i like about it yeah casey
0: yes absolutely
1: i'm gonna say yes as well it's a classic there you go let's take a quick break and do some fan mail
3: See weather got some little monsters
5: uptight.
3: Make it a blockbuster night. A blockbuster has something for everyone. Even the fussiest little beasts
1: settled down to enjoy Blockbuster. I just love a family night. If the weather's a fright, make it a
4: blockbuster
6: night.
5: Lisa Zane from Nightmare on Elm Street and you are listening to Bloody Good Horror!
1: the last week of women in horror month don't forget um well, let's see when is the show gonna come out joe there's still time well,
2: people uh, are listening. Yeah, yeah. next yep. monday is uh is the first yeah up until so. next
1: monday everything in the store proceeds are going to rain which is the rape abuse incest national network um that's anything in the store but we also have a new shirt in there with a pink logo for women in horror month um info app horror.com we got a note from Alyssa wrapping up women in horror month uh in the book club by reading Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, as we head into March, we'll be reading uh, The Luminous Dead by Caitlin Starling, and I uh, hope you're ready for this gravity slash the descent slash alien combo with some spooky space spelunking. So there you go. Can you spelunk in space?
3: I guess I think mm. you're gonna
1: read the book to find out, John. Um, okay. Note from Andy about the website coming up on bloodygodhorror.com. We have a new primal scream from Natalie discussing antisocial personality disorder in All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. Sophie reviews the recent crocodile creature feature Blackwater Abyss. That's you, Sophie. Luke reviews That's the Iranian American haunted hotel feature The Night. And if folks want to take a trip on the Wayback Machine, they can check out Friend of the Show Evans' review of American Psycho that he wrote in 2016.
2: Evan, Evan started a new uh, Real Housewives podcast without you, with a a buddy. Is yeah, Hmm. well, you know.
1: Is it no, Do did they pick up the mantle? Okay? The same name? No, I feel
2: great. It's called Bravo Buddies and it's great. It's wonderful. I've been listening to it. I think they're like three or four episodes deep. And uh, yeah, it's really good. Love it. Um, all right.
4: Who wants to start a Temptation Island podcast with me? Oh,
1: I, <laughs> only if we're reviewing know, the first season
2: from like ha, wait, 2001.
4: You, have you watched episode two yet?
2: We watched episode two. I think my problem is there's only one episode a week and it's yeah. hard for me to get invested with the cheating. After. it's
4: better it's better to like wait and binge it all yeah
2: i think my other problem is like i find it hard to believe that any of these couples are legit serious about each other
4: well go back and watch old the older season yeah older
2: seasons. well we watched the first so one back when it was on fox um you what it, we watched when it first came out like uh, a few months ago or the last season of um it's not temptation island but it was the same thing where like they put like two groups of people. Oh, and you they said were...
4: Love Island, I think.
2: Yes, Love Island. And that was because they weren't actual couples, right? Like they just mm-hmm. paired up. Um, I don't know. Well, I, we're sticking with it, but I'm not, not convinced yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Can I start paying attention again?
5: Um, you don't
1: Sophie, have to, buddy. Sophie, tell me about Tweet with BGH.
5: <laughs> so we're going to be doing another uh, Godzilla and King Kong <laughs> Tweet with BGH this weekend. It's our last one. So, Saturday the 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be watching the original King Kong versus Godzilla from 1963. So, if you have any interest in either of those properties, you will want to join because uh, dear friend Andrew has like an encyclopedic knowledge of both franchises, and it's a real treat to tweet with him. Yeah.
2: Is that streaming somewhere, uh, Sophia? or where are you guys watching that?
5: That is a great question that I haven't Googled yet, Joe.
2: All right. Because I literally, I love those movies. And like, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> like, I don't know nearly as much as Andrew, but like, those movies are, are my youth. And I feel like that's a good one for the the youngest Charnus, uh, who's nine years old now, to, to maybe jump in. Um, By
5: the end of this recording, I will tell you where it's streaming.
2: Perfect.
1: CC, I apologize. I'm over here distracted by this sex toy website that Joe said.
2: <laughs> it's not just sex toys. There's there's well,
1: everything. Well, there's
5: lingerie wearing. and other stuff. Uh, there's lube. I
1: don't know, Joe. I'm looking at the Diablo here. It looks pretty hardcore. Um,
2: <laughs> there is. So I don't want to get into too much detail, but like, you know, Christmas came around and I was looking yeah. for something for the wife. And like, there's <laughs> things out there that like I didn't realize existed anymore. And yeah, uh, uh, anymore.
5: we are. Anymore. Well, so like. Did you buy her so, like.
2: No, I'm sorry, not anymore, but like, I don't know, like dildos. Like, how much more can you do with dildos? Lot, and then apparently. I discovered, oh, they've advanced in dildos yeah. since the Did rabbit. Did you buy, like, Did you
5: buy her a Tracy's dog yet, Joe?
2: I don't know what that is. Um, what's a Tracy's dog? What is it?
5: dog is a dildo.
2: Yeah, but is it like a rabbit or is it, because I mean...
5: I would like you to... I'll send it in the chat. Yeah. There was a lady who wrote an Amazon review where she literally was like, I plugged this in. I've never squirted. I squirted. I was behind it. because I had a back cramp for five days. Whoa! <laughs>
1: wow. Wow. Whoa.
5: Yeah. Google Google the Amazon reviews.
1: Joe. I am I'm turning red. Up. Hey, um... <laughs> Cece? Oh!
5: <Whoa. laughs> uh, <sorry. That's> <laughs> I'm I have to at- hear what Joe has to say. I'm so sorry. Yes,
2: oh I'm looking at pictures and... I may.
5: <laughs>
6: okay. I can
2: neither deny nor confirm, but <laughs> we may have three dogs in this house now. <laughs> oh
5: God. I've never been so proud in my entire life, and I had nothing to do with it. I'm just so happy.
1: Um, hey, uh... Cece, you had a thing you wanted to plug.
2: I like Eric trying to get this. Uh, back I a thing wanted
4: to plug. I don't know but...
1: Good segue.
4: <laughs> That's the segue we should go with here. But Oh, yeah, no, I'm actually um, familiar
1: with this thing, too. Moving on.
4: Um, yes, well, since it's coming out, since this show will be coming out on Friday, I think it'll be too late, but um, I am giving my first uh, graduate symposium presentation on Friday. So if you've already pre-registered, I'm very excited, and I thank you. And um, yeah, I'll see you all there.
1: Yeah, a rare chance for uh, Bgh fans to check out academic CC.
4: Yeah, kind of cool. You'll hear my you'll hear my work voice.
1: <laughs> so check that out. All right, Joe. Nothing in fan mail. What do we got hmm. on Twitter?
2: Uh, so before we get on Twitter, I should say I've recently delved into TikToks. <laughs> oh, that's right. You started a TikTok after that. <laughs> so far. So far, it's literally Cece and uh, Erica <laughs> from formerly of Night of the Living Podcast keeping me afloat. But if you enjoy our Tuesday interactions on Instagram and want to see that in video form, like BG Horror TikTok, uh, I just I need something to pass the time. So please just just go on there and and work with me here. Um, but Twitter, we're on Twitter at BG Horror. Uh, we post up the hashtag Ask every week. Uh, we got a we got a gaggle here first up from Donnie Davis have the host considered revisiting older movies on the show like Fright Night or Howling so he sent this in last um, Thursday uh, before we announced that we were doing American Psycho so
1: yeah we do I every think- once in a while and we sometimes too we'll put them up if we're not sure what we want to do we'll put a few up for a vote
2: on yeah.
3: Slack or something or
2: Patreon or staff picks when we, we go through that We did Uh, the
3: Fright Night remake, but we've—I don't think we've ever covered the OG Fright
2: Night. No, I don't think so either. But we did
1: years ago. We did. We did like Return of Living Dead, and we did Prince of Darkness,
3: and some stuff like that. No, we've done. a I mean, we've actually done. We've done 600 episodes. Like we've covered a a handful uh, for sure. Older films.
2: Uh, next up, we got two from Skizbot. Uh, twenty twenty was the first year I didn't attend a single concert since the nineteen nineties. Do you enjoy live performances, and do you miss them as much as I do?
1: I do. I need a place to sit. I feel like
3: <laughs> <laughs> I I love the live performance, but like I just don't get to go as much. Yeah, you know yeah. now and like so I don't miss it because it wasn't. I just like
2: wasn't getting right. to go as frequently. That's I miss, it. Like, I miss yeah. it for sure. Like, I miss and,
5: it
6: a lot. Yeah.
2: yeah. CZ, I'm sure Kyle does too. Like yeah. I I don't go as much as I did. Like when I first moved to New York City, like I was going to two or three like a week. Like it was oh, yeah. constant. Um and I don't and, go to nearly as much, but like it's great. Yeah.
5: There's I don't know this of- will be this will be relatable for some people on the cast. Like, I don't know for whom this will ring true, but the editor of our local like indie uh, magazine here in KC was posting about trying to like save the local venues in Kansas City. And the specific experience he chose to write about was like he misses people being angry at him for how tall he is. Yeah, fun, fuck, fuck
1: tall people. I
5: gotta say, as a lady, the bar is way lower. And the number of people who have tried to fight me for just like <laughs> being 5'10 and standing still is astronomical. <laughs> and I felt very seen by his article.
2: <laughs> I gotta say, if you're over like six foot, just fucking go stand against the wall. A right? Like Dude, that's You're Joe, you're constantly... super tall. I don't know if people know yeah, that. Yeah. But that's yeah, been, Joe, I, where do you stand? I stand against the wall. I go yeah. against the wall. Kyle's
4: always like, Okay, if you can go up if you want, but I gotta stand right here so that I'm not blocking anyone.
2: Yeah. Like so I'm so, and I'm sure people Kyle... I don't give
5: a shit. <laughs> Kyle goes to the same sort
2: of places I do, where it's like just a small bar, like yeah. you know, and there's like maybe a hundred people tops. Like, you don't need to get up close. Like, nobody needs. Okay, to...
5: but what about at a music festival, Joe? I physically I got am in the 43. middle. <laughs> <laughs> I was physically in the middle of a couple who was fighting at a Tom Petty concert about how my friends and I were too tall to be in front of them, and I was like. We are two hundred yards back from the stage. Like, stand somewhere else if you're angry about how tall I am. Well, also by PIP, like. Tom Petty was stellar. Thank you very much. <laughs>
2: I've actually seen Tom Petty live. I I'm have too. It's
1: uh, pretty <laughs> awesome.
2: Uh, one more from Skizbot: What would be your quirky little quirky uh, little introduction story if you were ever a contestant on Jeopardy? I have a horror mm-hmm. podcast. I, I assume for most of us that we've right. been on a fucking horror <laughs> right. podcast.
1: For yeah. and, years. and then, uh, well, I, oh, I was just to about to say uh, Alex, but I guess not. Uh, I had
4: tried to buy it for myself for the symposium, and I made Kyle do it because I was like, "This is the most awkward thing I've ever had to do."
2: <laughs> wow! Did you mention <laughs> so bloody good have... horror in it? Is it...
4: <laughs> Sorry, guys, I did not. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how I would have introduced myself. No, there's
2: no shame there. I I wouldn't either. Uh, All right. Next up from Dos X Manatee, Renee, my my one and only fan. If you were going to axe murder someone, which album would you throw on as a soundtrack?
0: Hmm. Probably some... uh, I'm a pretty big Huey Lewis fan,
2: so...
1: (laughs) Probably some goblin really set the mood, you know?
2: I'm going to sound like the fucking... Art snob here, but there's this band Shellac, and they have this song called "A Prayer to God," and it is hands down the best like revenge. Your significant other cheated you on, murder them song ever imagined.
4: Um, Kyle really likes them, but you know what else is a really good revenge song is um widows, uh young widows, and uh it's called Kerosene Girl. Oh, 100%. A really good one.
2: Yes, That's good and too. also very like. Art snob. Uh,
4: yeah, very answer.
2: art snob. I'm telling you, look it up. Shellac, A Prayer to God. I think I would
5: go full American Psycho and just play like Backstreet Boys or some shit and talk about I <laughs> oh, want you back.
4: Boys are while <laughs> or I it's going to be, or NSYNC, so it's going to be me.
5: <laughs> yeah, or Bye 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 would be great. Oh,
3: yeah. oh. That's a little too on the nose, I would say.
5: But Prime your River. What is too on the nose? I can do what I want when I'm murdering. <laughs> That's, true. That's
2: true. I do That's like true. the idea of like these like weird pop songs that like you know like fucking Rebecca Black Friday like just murder to that. Like. Yeah.
6: <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: If you want <laughs> to leave uh, a lasting impression. I mean, if you, if we're talking and discussing the songs, why we're getting ready to kill, and you want to go with something crazy like. Emmett Daughter's Jug Band Christmas song yeah. or something like that, just to make them wonder what the hell's going on.
2: <laughs> Yakety sex. Exactly. Uh, uh, next up, our friend Jen Drop Your Linen. Uh, was the whole goddamn thing just a fantasy, or did he really do it all and just get away with it because no. nobody hassles rich people? I mean, we didn't even talk about this, right? Like, we didn't get yeah. into
5: no, it. No, I can't believe we didn't really talk about if he did it or not.
1: Well, no, we did. We talked at length about it, didn't we? The question is, does it in the book? Is it laid out more like? Uh, I, directly? It's pretty
5: ambiguous in the book as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was reading an interview with Mary Harron and Guinevere Turner where they were t- like, after the movie came out, where they were talking about the fact that the book ends ambiguously, and so they wanted to honor that. Right. But it was never their intention to say that none of this ever happened. Like they did not want people to leave the movie thing <laughs> that Sky didn't kill anyone. So they both kind of regret the way that the movie plays out because they feel like the murders happened, at least some of them. And I would argue, like, I'm all for reading a lot of the third act as his psychotic break. But I don't know why people are like, well, this guy said he just saw uh, Alan, or Paul, so clearly Paul's alive. And it's like, well, everyone thought Patrick Bateman was a different white guy the whole movie, so we don't have any indication that these people can tell any white people apart. This same attorney (laughs) didn't recognize Christian Bale who is his client. So like, why do we believe him when he's like, I just saw Paul Allen.
3: Well, That's 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 how I feel about it. Yeah. Willem Dafoe, like you assume he's the only person who's had dinner. Like there's, it's not like there's some other Joe, you you brought up uh,
1: a cool, like behind the scenes thing too, over email that she had Dafoe. She shot it three different ways and with three different directions. Like one, act like he's not a suspect. Two, act like you're <sighs> unsure. And three, act like you're suspicious of him. And then, like you can tell in those scenes yeah. that she's mixing takes. Like in in literally yeah. just cut. Yeah, cut.
2: for sure. Like I think I even mentioned. Like I almost wish I didn't know that because now it's yeah. all I can see when watching those. Defoe it's really cool. yeah.
5: Although I think uh, there's an interesting conversation to be had about like maybe Willem Dafoe is the part that's in his head.
6: Yeah. yeah maybe.
2: Uh, side note the last two twitter questions i just realized i was supposed to go see shellac live uh the night like everything went into quarantine and Ooh, i ended up wow. not going because i was terrified
5: someone's but, life was probably saved that night Joe. yeah
2: uh all right softly sightings two uh how old were you when you first watched american psycho in the rewatch are you shocked to see the 2021 level of narcissism displayed in the 1987 world. um, They used to be caricatures when the movie came out in 2000, but now I have to deal with people like this sans murder. It's
1: the fascinating thing about 2021 is I feel like for a multitude of reasons, the people paying attention are all like, if they weren't already a lot more familiar with like narcissistic cues. And it's, it's like, it's a continuum. Like, you know, you get narcissism and then it's like sociopathy and then psychopath. Right. So like, yeah. it is kind of crazy how some of those behaviors seem like, no, sure. I mean, they still seem insane, but it's like, Oh, I'm familiar with this. I feel like I've seen this somewhere else. Yeah. You can
5: also remake this. Is it that they've gotten move? more prevalent or just that like people aren't writing no, it as much anymore? I think that people, yeah. I think
1: that's well, what We I'm have saying. systems
3: that like reward people for, Acting. I mean,
1: we've like, had a person, and now many people teaching us what this stuff is about for the last four years. Yeah, if you're paying attention. We had an
5: we had an sociopath as a president, so that's people don't I, feel like they have to hide. A that's what I'm saying. Yes, That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. Oh, we could
2: completely like remake this now, but like everybody in the movie would look like John, right? Like <laughs>
6: <laughs>
1: yeah. she fucking hates me. <laughs> la, they would just be puddle of mine. <laughs> What is that dude doing? Does he think he has like an Instagram or Twitter?
0: <laughs>
2: There's going to be two hits. Me hitting you and Kid Rock's ball with the ball playing in the back. My <laughs> name
1: is Schnapps.
2: <Rose. laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, next up, Pat, Pat Neil Martin. George, no uh, names, here we go then. What has been the best horror of lockdown, i.e. films that use the lockdown in their horror? Host. I'd go for host. You might already have done this one. But apart from host, what others? I don't know. I There's can't think of
3: it has anything else come out that was produced I mean, it's been less than a, a year, year yeah. you see it more on TV shows in my experience
5: I mean has anyone rewatched contagion <sighs> during the pandemic Oof. because that hits in a very different way now
2: no. although I mean we did go through like a period of like three or four movies where John made us watch like people trapped in a house right yeah, uh, yeah. we sure did <laughs>
6: okay.
2: but I mean they weren't specifically like, honestly the one I always go
1: back to and it was kind of in the beginning. Like right after the full quarantine happened, that thing, that weird like superhero thing where the little oh. girl had powers—that was brutal. Like John, I will never yeah. forgive you for that. I just want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh,
3: with with what's his name? Couldn't tell you what it's called. Uh, Emil Hirsch. Yes, yeah.
1: that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. And that what was movie like,
5: is this. That, that was, was like
2: weird. three deep in uh, like John's quarantine. Uh. It's like X
1: Men style. Like some people <laughs> are born with like powers, and they basically like it's very X Men. Like
6: yeah, they are yeah, yeah, sort of they they, they're, they're discriminated from, uh,
1: against, and then they're trying to like fight for their rights. But he's trying to protect his daughter, so he 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 never lets her out of the house, and he just has to create yeah, this like yeah. reality. Oh
2: yeah, and what's his name from The Burbs? Um, the Tom Hanks. Guy. No, uh, the older guy. Bruce you know Stern.
1: Bruce about. Stern. <laughs> Oh, that's, oh, right, right, right,
2: yeah. Uh, all right, next up, Shine Master 9000. Do you think American Psycho is a documentary based on Christian Bale's life back in the 90s? <laughs> I don't
6: know.
1: You ever heard that recording from Terminator Salvation when he's like yeah. yelling oh, at the crowd? Oh, God, yeah. I kind of want to go back uh, and listen to it It's been a while. Can
5: I just tell long, you guys a quick a really quick fun fact there was like no way to fit this into the review but because I love to read IMDb trivia and sometimes it's fun. You do
3: you do love it.
5: Is that <laughs> There's a lot of facts in this movie. I'm distilling it down to one good one, which um, is that who did why this? Why are you all in? A, what? Who, who,
1: did did this? This?
5: <laughs> who did this? Who did this? What the fuck is happening?
1: I didn't know you could do this on Skype. You can do this on Teams too.
5: I yeah,
3: I it's together.
5: Leave mode. it.
1: Just leave it. Leave it. It's good. It's
5: horrifying. OK, the fun fact is they were trying to get Leonardo DiCaprio to play Patrick Bateman. And one of the people who really didn't want him to do it was Gloria Steinem, because she was like, you just did Titanic. Gloria Steinem hated the book. And she was like, it's super misogynist and anti-feminist. And we can't have Leonardo DiCaprio, who like all these young women look up to. Fun fact. Shortly before this movie was filmed, Gloria Steinem married Christian Bale's dad. So oh, there was wild. a lot of gossip that Christian Bale only did this movie to piss off his new stepmom. Wow. That sounds like some it, shit out, would do. A you? Leo <laughs>
1: version would have been pretty wild, too.
5: I don't <gasps> think it would have been nearly true, as well done. Just the fun fact is pretty great, regardless of whether it's true.
2: Guys, uh, this is
3: weirding me the f out right
5: now. I hate this.
4: <laughs> How
2: do I change this? I thought I like any it. of us could change to it, like another I background.
4: Say, I can. Like I'm pretty I, sure I, sure I can do hit it. together mode, but then I went back to grid view. So I don't know Did why
5: still in it. it. I
3: I put it on grid view too. I just fixed.
2: Oh, it. Oh no, I'm gonna go back into that. Um, all right, next story up. Story
5: to you all, like we were in an amphitheater together, and I hated <laughs> it. <laughs> it's
2: nice. I'm gonna switch it back. Uh, next up, one more from Donnie Davis, uh, but he sent this one in today. I was wondering what each host's favorite Nick Cage movie is and least oh. favorite.
1: Favorite for me is easy. It's Con Air.
4: Mm. I yes, love Con Air, but also Willy Wonderland. Now, yeah,
2: you we gotta, seen watch it that. Yet. gotta watch
4: that. I Haven't that. seen it either.
2: So yeah, so we gotta good. do that for the show. I'll go National Treasure for favorite. Oh, really? <laughs> really? no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Leaving Las Vegas. Uh would be oh. right.
5: I'm Raising like, Arizona. Is, yeah,
2: raising yes. Arizona is the right answer. That's yeah, my yeah. second
1: favorite is The Rock. I have a very specific cage thing that I like well, it's yeah, those I love cheesy nineties action movies.
2: I'm with you, Eric. Like I honestly, I have no problem with the guy. I do not get like the infatuation and love for him. Like that's kind of spurred. Like, what I love
1: about years. going back to stuff like The Rock and Um Con Air is that People didn't know who, who, what he was like back then. Like maybe he, oh, he's an eccentric actor, but he was trying. They were trying to make this dude like a huge action star. But you go back and yeah. view those movies now, seeing where he ended all up, the, and you yeah. can see it, and it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It is so. Good. Yeah. Was,
0: it was before the internet, so he wasn't the public right weirdo that he is now. But
1: like those, if and you go back, like those performances are extremely it. weird.
5: Weirdness and it's not fun anymore. Like, what is it on purpose? Exactly
2: it's what I mean, Sophie. Like, I feel like it's just. Yeah, I agree. Wait, so Yo, what's the least seen, favorite? I don't really have. Yo,
5: wait, before we say least favorites, have you seen Wild at Heart, the David Lynch movie with with yes, him as like yeah. a romantic lead? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I watched the movie recently for the first time, and I was like, this is the Nick Cage we could have had, people. And then you all just got uh, too into him being a fucking lunatic.
2: Yeah,
3: David Lynch.
2: You know, he the
5: brings leads, up this. Man. Lot of Um, he's so good in that
2: movie yeah does anyone have a least favorite well the
3: uh the wicker man remake badly (laughs) that's
6: pretty bad
2: it's it's
5: really bad
3: like it's It's, kind of it's kind of incredible like because it's not the movie's actually not that bad for like it's like a normal movie uh but when it goes south it's like
2: yeah yeah. But it's that is almost yeah. like fun bad. I don't know if you've ever seen, um, what is it, The Bad Lieutenant, Port of New Orleans see, or whatever. I actually love that really movie. like that movie, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. It's yeah. like unwatchable. Like, oh, it's oh, no. Awful. <laughs> yeah.
3: no, see, I I'm, I'm there for that movie, for sure. Yeah. See,
5: I and, think it, my it, least favorite Nick Cage movie is Mom and Dad.
4: Ooh, yeah.
3: I, I Yeah, that was great. We did it on the show, yeah. We I'm did it, yeah.
0: I was um, with that way, he had that period of I owe the IRS money where he was making anything that came across his desk. That's when you get into
2: the real bad ones. Yeah, I uh, yeah. mean, those yeah. National Treasure movies are a lot of fun. Like, I honestly, love I watched <laughs> them a lot. Yes,
6: yeah, I agree.
2: Uh, all right, that's it for Twitter. We are on Instagram also at Bloody Good Horror. Uh, every crankies, Tuesday, Joe. we got a cranky. Yeah. 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 we only got I like got
4: a baby horror. crying. We got to go.
2: Uh, we posted up questions on Tuesday. You can send in stupid, blah blah blah, whatever. Uh, first up, briefly describe your face care regimen. Fifty bucks. Eric says Dr. Bronner's and witch hazel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this the person that doesn't use the form, Joe?
2: Sure is. Okay, because I mean,
1: she's cheating because she actually knows that answer. Um, yeah. I do use witch hazel. Yeah, although I don't. Do I? I use. I don't really use Dr. Bronner's.
2: No. Witch do you wash your
5: face though?
1: I do, yeah.
5: I use
2: soap, whatever's in the... No, the I, do,
1: I do, like, soap. while I get out, of the, I wash it in the shower, and then I get out, and then I put witch hazel on.
3: We have the it, Cetaphil Gentle Wash. Do you know, you guys know the Cetaphil? Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's... I swear to God, it's mostly water. It's, like, I think it's mostly it's water in there. It's soap.
2: It. bad. I use the same to wash my face that I do my genitals in the shower. I'm just, like...
5: Well, I it's mean, probably too dry for your face, but...
2: Yeah. I don't know, Sophie. I mean, I'm 43. I think it's I think it's going all right.
1: I use a trader. I use Um, the Trader Joe's
4: like body wash. I have a hemp oil um, that I put on my face before I put on my lotion. Hemp oil, sick bro. uh, Yeah.
2: What is Casey? What are you using? Like a Chore Boy or like Brillo Pad? No, I know. I'm using Doctor Squatch. Thanks. I know. I know
1: what Casey's using because he's talked about getting Doctor Squatch for Christmas. I like see those. I want to try because the description of the products. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. Those are the worst commercials that have ever been filmed. They make me angry, and I refuse to give those people money because of those commercials. Oh, Doctor Squatch! I get them on YouTube. It's a, it's a it's like a YouTube thing, so it's probably whatever yeah. the algorithm is. But they're like, oh. I'm sick. You're sick of these soaps. Get your man soap. Smell like trees and bar. And it's like it's the fucking it's the worst marketing
0: ever. Yeah, it heard. is the worst marketing. But if you do try and try their pine tar soap, it's pretty nice.
3: Doctor Squatch, if you'd like to advertise on a podcast, yeah. like, <laughs> right.
2: no, I, I refuse. <laughs> Fuck Doctor Squatch. No, 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 I'm not uh, over I, kink. I don't even think I he's could a doctor, be that, John.
1: a yeah.
0: spokesperson. Come on.
2: Uh, all right, let's bang through. We've only got a few of these. Uh, who was phone? Uh, we, we've done that one before. <laughs> um, here's one. Why have you not reviewed the dark and the wicked yet? It's uh, creepy AF. Um, uh, I've heard. I apparently it's supposed to be very good, but it doesn't come out till tomorrow. There's only so, so many weeks in the year. Time.
3: I thought it was on Shutter. Is it mm, not on? Shudder? It
2: comes out on Shutter tomorrow. Or, oh, sorry, okay. on Friday.
3: It might have been. There might have been a VOD release actually. Then, but yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching Hellfest. I won't remember this movie tomorrow. <laughs> Most recent favorite comedy.
4: Uh, Devin,
2: Yeah. Are, oh my God, Urban Star.
4: Barb and Star. Oh, One hundred percent right.
2: Oh, yep. Leslie and it. I watched that. High and like, it's holy amazing. fuck, like just, uh, yeah.
3: We might have to check that out. We watched. Uh, did you guys see Palm Springs? I don't know. Is that
2: like
4: yeah, a? Yeah, Palm yeah. Palm I, yeah. a really I liked that. I thought it was really good.
2: Yeah, but definitely Barb and Mar or whatever the fuck it is. Like,
6: it's Barb and Star visit sort of Vista
2: influence. Del Mar. Like, yeah. it's bananas. Um. All right, two more. What pets do you folks have?
3: Didn't we
1: get
4: this one recently? We just we I did this. Last so. yes. week. we did this last. I have, have two oh.
6: dogs. Yeah. we
2: have uh, cats sofa. four yeah. cats at
4: yeah. the uh, house. Four cats. Last Christ, but not John. least, what's one a good, of them
3: lives outside? It never comes inside. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
2: mean, last but not least, what's a good queer horror movie?
4: Joe, you had um, some the lost good... boys. <laughs> yeah. Joe, you
2: had some good you answers are, to this.
4: Um, I am good for I... the lost boys. Raw is a pretty pretty uh, good queer. I mean, I would say that's queer horror. I
3: was gonna say raw, but then I was like, "Is it queer?" I'm like, "Not a yeah,
4: yeah."
2: I yeah. Mean, Eric, you remember what it, I went with? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two. Yeah, I feel like it. There was um, another one, but I
1: can't remember.
2: And then there is this movie, uh, the Gay Bed and Breakfast or Dead and Breakfast or something like that. Like, it's like super low budget, but it's actually really really fun. Oh, did you guys I, watch?
1: Uh, did you guys watch Spiral? The recent one. Uh-huh. It's about it's about, about a gay couple that moves to like a small town. It's really good.
5: Also, bit is like a pretty rad lesbian vampire movie from the last couple of years. I think it came out in 2019. It's really good. Mm.
2: Uh that is it. We are done.
1: Love it. Women in Horror Month is over. But you still have time to get your Women in Horror Month shirt. Shirts Bloody Good Horror.com.
2: In non-stop Tim Allen movies starting next week Can't uh wait. we
5: didn't have time this we didn't have time <laughs> Tim this Allen and Horror Month is. March. yeah
1: we didn't have time uh this week but cameo don't forget you can do that search bloody good oh or. yeah how's that how's the cameo biz going joe
5: uh,
2: I still I got my one buddy Patrick who's sending in weekly <laughs> recounts of uh, Salt Lake City uh, Real Housewives, but other it. than that we've we've died down. A all bit.
1: right, well let's uh <laughs> let's let's first of all let's get Joe some cameos. Second of all, let's Pick make it a, let's let's make a date to check back in with Cameo next week.
2: Yeah, and TikTok um, uh, at BG Horror. Just fill up my time. I I got a lot of time. Joe but... needs
1: yeah Joe needs uh, uh, attention and admiration. Can you guys help yeah, out? Yeah, and
2: Overkink if you're listening, like I'm here for you.
6: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Now, them I, they, I would take them on as an advertiser. Let's do it. Oh,
6: yeah. I've uh, taken on a lot of their things.
1: Don't forget, if you uh, would are looking for a way to support the show and you also would like um, access to our amazing online Slack community, our live stream every week, and back episodes of the show, you can go to... Po- uh, what the hell was I about to say? Uh, Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. I was about to say Papa podcast. Dot, I don't know. <laughs> Patreon.com slash bloody good horror check that out and that's it i hope you enjoyed the show hope you enjoyed women in horror month and we will talk to you next week
5: see you bye bye
4: goodbye
2: (laughs) goodbye ladies